What up, what up, what up, y'all? Bars and Hoops Radio, the Oddcast. Stills the great in Ali Vegas. Yo. You know, this whole George Floyd situation, man, you, everything that's going on in Minnesota, he was laid to rest today. Yeah. And yesterday in Texas, you know what I mean? A lot of a lot of things have been transpiring after the fact, man. So, so what's your thoughts on that first and foremost before we really get into the meat and potatoes of the show? On on the, on the whole situation at hand? The situation at hand. I mean, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's crazy. Then, then at the at the last minute, they want to hit you with he had the coronavirus. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that, oh, that they they threw that in there. Now? Oh, yeah. as I'm saying, they were saying he, he tested positive for corona. Hold on, Greg. Hold on. Okay, right. The podcast was radio. Who's this? Steve, what's going on, my brother? I'm Oh man, listen, man, we got a serious show after this, man. Give us some time, man. We'll get back to you. We'll talk about that, man. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm sorry, Vay. Go ahead, man. Cut the phone off for a second. Nah, it's all good. Um, like now, nah, I was saying, yeah, they were saying, um, he had he tested for the corona. You know what I'm saying? He tested for the coronavirus and all that. Positive for that. So that's they try to say that he ultimately helped. Nah, that's not what. Nah, but they, the medical examiner said that's not what you know what I mean. But you know that's just like they just had to sprinkle that in there for you know. Like I always tell you, it's always the move before the move. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But right. yeah, but overall it's just overall it's a crazy situation because because when you got people when you got like you got. Officers that's just in these in these position of power that's able to just you know what I mean run reptile kill black men you know what I'm saying like kill black men men of color without no type of remorse you know like that's not that's never good you know and it's like but to see the a whole country the world a whole you know what I'm saying like but just the whole fifty states just like I'm just talking about us. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole 50 states, just like, you know what? Like I'm we tired of it. And I and I always explain this to everybody. I always say, like, this young generation, this is not a this is not a Martin Luther King generation. This young generation is not a it's not a Martin generation. This is not a turn cheek generation. This is a push forward, move, either move out my way or I'm moving you out my way generation. They don't. They not. They don't have the compassion. This generation of us don't have the compassion that we was raised on. Like you know, like we was raised with. We was raised with like the listening to like the Marvin Gaye's and you know what your mother and your father play. This generation. Mm. This is not that generation. There's no compassion. It's move out our way, and this is what needs to be done to to move things forward. Like mm. like we said last week when I was saying the elders, you know what I mean. The elders have the mind. And now the young, this young generation definitely have the legs for us to get accomplished what we want to get accomplished. And before you move on, man, I want to I want to definitely say thank you to our guest that's joined us today from the, the cast from modern day slavery. We're gonna start my brother Edward Freeman, Edward Freeman, Ronald Stewart, and sister Akisha. Am I saying? 
Yeah, that's right. Akeisha, peace. Thank you for having us. No problem. Thank you all for joining us. So right now we're just reflecting on, you know, the current state of the country in regards to the whole George Floyd situation. Um, we know that things have transpired you know, quickly in Minnesota. You know, now they've um, ramped up the charges and they've also arrested all four of the officers now. Um, I'm curious to hear you guys take on the whole situation because I know you guys bring a different perspective to this whole conversation. I would love to hear, hear your point of view on the situation. He? Brother Ronald? Yeah, yeah. Brother Steele, thank yeah. you for having us. Uh, the reason why we have got to this point where they arrested all the officers uh -huh. because the people were, you hear me? Yes, I hear you loud and clear. Because the people were in the streets. The boots yes. were on the ground. Yes. The warriors was out front. That's why that happened. And we have to give big ups. We have to give shout outs to all those brothers and sisters that's out there, been out there, and, and, and it hasn't, it's not over yet. We have a history of where people, our people have been arrested and nothing happens after that. So we have to stay vigilant. We have to stay proactive and take it to the end. Uh, there was a young brother in my community, you know, that was shot in the back. This was in 1976 by an off-duty police. Brother, we stayed on that to the very end. A lot of brothers and sisters dropped off, but some of us were the last men and women standing. And that's what the enemy expects for us to back down, to go to sleep, to chill. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why those officers got arrested. Now, what happens in the end, what happens on now, we have to sit and watch and keep our ears open and do what the next thing that needs to be done. That's it. Wow. Brother Edwin. Yes, yes. Thank you back off. Uh, again, thanks for you having me and my, my boy Ali Vegas, my man. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, nah, I think, like he said, you know, when we want to see certain results, man, it's up to us to keep our foot on the, on the metal, man. You know what I mean? And once we set that precedence that they can't do what they want to do and get away with it, then, you know what I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we begin to see a change, you know? So the power is in the people, man. So, like, again, shout out to everybody that's out there on the forefront doing what they're doing and even in the background doing what we're doing because it takes a collective effort, man. So, you know what I mean? We just got to continue working. You know, it's still work that we got to do, you know, and uh, put in, but, you know, we on it. No question, no question. Anyone else care to add in? Brother Keston, I see you on the check-in. Anybody else? I'll throw my two cents in because I'm always the odd man out. <laughs> Likely because I have a different um, short-term perspective and long-term perspective as an attorney. Um, I'm not, I am not a fan of prosecutions that are moved by um, social justice movement, right? Because what happens is it sets us up as a people to have the, an unreasonable expectation. So you think that because these officers were arrested and these charges were upgrade, upgraded, now you expect the system to deliver you a conviction. Mm -hmm. And all too often that does not happen. 
Um, and then we're left to, to riot again because that was never what we should have been requesting in the first place, right? We cannot ask this system to give us justice when we have demonstrated for years and years and years that this system will not speak to us in that manner. But we keep asking and then we're like, oh, well, what happened? I don't understand why he wasn't convicted. You know what I mean? So that's, I have an issue with that. I, I have an issue with that. I think our focus and our demands should be not with respect to one particular case. It's all right. But with respect to um, how we deal with things on a national level, right? Uh, not just this one case. Hmm. So that's just my take on that. That's deep. That's deep. So, so ultimately, you don't think any justice is going to happen with this situation? Based See, well, I think there might be some justice, uh, but I think that what has happened now with these upgraded charges, um, I don't think that they'll be able to prove second degree murder. Um, we saw that they weren't even able to prove second degree murder when the cop was black and the victim was white. This is the same county, Hennepin County, that prosecuted Officer Muhammad Noor, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, we, we, this country, goddamn, we always forgetting shit. Um, yeah. This is the same county that convicted a black police officer for killing a white woman. He also was charged with second degree murder and he was acquitted. Mm. He was found guilty of the third degree murder, which is what was the initial charge against this officer. And I think that that is the charge that is most sustainable based on the evidence that we've seen so far. Wow. Wow. Brother Kessie, unmute your microphone, brother. All right, we hear you now. Yeah. How you doing, man? Thank you for joining us, Keston. Oh, uh, we still can't hear you. Ah, uh, this Zoom. I can't wait till we go back in our station. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So what are some things that we can do as a community moving forward, man, to kind of like prevent these things? I mean, I'm, I'm into politics and, you know, everybody's saying the ballot box to really make change happen in this country, which has been systemically this way since the beginning of time for us. Like, what do we do to kind of swing things in our favor? I mean, we're here. Our children are going to be here. The next generation behind us is going to have to deal with the same thing. What we, what can we do to kind of level the playing field? Brother Ronald. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Sister Shabazz said something that is very important, you know, in the long run, we have been in a situation where we have seen this situation happen before, uh, where police officers have been charged, have been arrested, charged, and then eventually um, exonerated or found not guilty. So, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Um, we have to organize ourselves. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of stuff that Kwame Torre said. He's no formerly Stokely Carmichael. Yes. Kwame Torre. Yes. He said, organize. Organize. He said, join some organization. He used to say, join the NAACP. Join the Urban League. Join the 5% Nation. Join the Nation of Islam. Uh, joined the National Action Network. He said, join something, but be organized. Yeah. Once you're organized, then you have to put a plan. We know right now that the black community has always been on the defense or what you would call uh, reactive 
we wait for something to happen and then we jump on it. We're not prepared. Mm-hmm. We're not prepared. So this is an opportunity that we need to begin to organize our people on whatever level. If you do it in the criminal justice system, you do it on uh, teaching and training our young people on how to protect themselves and how to uh, protect themselves in the community. Uh-huh. Um, we have to set up different programs and be consistent. We have to be consistent. Um, I came up out of the Nation of Islam. I came into the nation at, at a very young age in 1965. I had been a part of the 5% nation. And when I came in the nation, we had a program. We trained the men. We trained the women. We, one of the first things the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us to do, he said, you're the original man, the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth. What that did was take from us that old slave kind of mentality that we had about ourselves. And he took the fear from us and told us that we can organize and we can do things on our own without waiting for the, for the enemy to uh, do for us that we can do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what happened in 1972. I was at work. I was, I was at work at the time and I heard on the radio that they are, the police officers attacked the mosque on the 116th street. I wasn't driving at the time. I got on the D train and it took me all the way up to 116th Street. When I got there, there was an army of black people, FOI, and there were uh, uh, people from the Harlem in the streets and they backed those policemen down. There were, the policemen came into that building and what they met, what they met was people that were not afraid. So, but that was because we were organized. We, know, we knew what to do, we knew how to do it, and we, we were willing to give our life, it was necessary, protect what was ours. So we have to begin to teach. Now, what I've seen in these marches, I've seen a lot of white people, and I'm not saying they can't support us, ah. but we have to keep the black, the black issue at the forefront, and we have to be the vanguard in it. Because yeah. some, once you start diluting it and integrating it it loses its strength Mm -hmm. so we have to begin to organize they can they can support Mm -hmm. and we gotta we and we let them know what kind of support we would like to have not that they do what they want to do but we have to let them know that they have to do what we allow them to do in our movement exactly because because every video that you see you see it's them setting everything off setting cars on fire breaking Breaking stories, you know what I mean? They come infiltrate. Some Those are yeah. agitators. Yeah, the agi- agitators. They sure. throw the brick and then they run when they when they, when they pop off. You know what I mean? And some of them are police officers. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Agitators. But but what I am noticing is that it's a lot of um generation um Z and millennials out there leading this whole march, and they aren't scared. Like you're saying, brother Ronald? No, they're not scared. They're not scared. He said. It's a different. This isn't the Martin Luther King generation. No, nope. they ready right. to turn up every chance they get. But then, if they turn up, we don't have enough firepower. And I'm not, and I'm not promoting violence. But when you really look at it as a whole, the United States has an army, National Guard. The police is the biggest gang in every city. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why I said we got to build the army. 
like I said last week, we have to build an army. We have to build our own army. We have to do, we have to do, we have to do things on, on like I said, the mind, body, and the you know what I mean, and and the legs, mm-hmm. the leg work. Mm-hmm. What we have to do is we have to, and it's just like like Brother Ronald said, we have to organize. And what I mean by and, and, and organize is we have to get our mind and body and we have to get our mind and body moving as one. So what happens is where you have the mind of a brother Ronald, right? And you have the legs of the millennials and say, you know what? This is the strategy. We're not just going to march. We're not like what I mean by marching is we're not just going to move our legs. You know what I mean? Like with no, with no end. You know what I'm saying? We got, we're not just going to be, we're not just not going to have any direction. Gotta have a strategy. This is what we're doing. You know what I mean? It's the same way. It's the same way where where it was like you know what, and, and you know like, but it was the same way. And and when I when I was coming up, it was when it was just like the the hustlers. You know what I mean? The hustlers would have the hustlers would have the youngins making all the moves, and they would be the ones just strategizing. So we have to have that type of mentality of saying you know what, the the youngins have to learn how to. Re- we have to restore that respect between between the youngins. And the elders, we have to restore that respect because somewhere down the line, that respect is lost because the youngins feel like the youngins feel like, and I, you know what I mean. I'm in the middle of both generations, so I hear it from both sides. But the youngins feel like they not the not the elders, not the brother Ronalds, but that generation, that generation under him, they felt like that was a a, a for self generation. So now this young generation is going for self. And now that's why they're doing it. That's why they're doing whatever they want to do without, without no, no, no knowledge coming from the elders. They don't even want to hear it. You understand? So what we have to do is we have to restore that and then show them like show them the way of saying, look, we're going to infiltrate. Because after we organize, the plan is to infiltrate. The plan is to to say, okay, you you become this. You become that. We teach you. You teach law. You teach, you teach law, you teach healthcare, you teach, you know what I mean? You teach law enforcement, you teach that and you become, you get on the inside, no matter if it's, no matter, no matter if it's about moving up in the ranks, but you learn, you learn each system. You know what I mean? Like we have so many brothers and sisters in the army. So we have to show them that, look, that's what they do. They go to the army and learn. They go to the army and learn and then come back and teach their coaches like I, 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 the, the Spanish people do it all the time. They go to the army, learn, and then they come back and they teach they teach their games how to build weapons, how to take weapons apart, which weapons that, like. And and we we don't we feel like we don't do that. We too cool for school. We can't be that no more. We can't be that no more. We have to move as one. The elders and the youngins have to move as one until we be able to organize that way. And learn, you know what I mean? Like, like I always tell people, education, determination, and willpower. My grandfather always said, "Don't matter." He said, "I don't care." He said, "I don't care if you're gonna be a bad person. You better be the best at it." You understand? So it's like that's what we have to do. We can't just break laws. We got to know what 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 we can do within the confinements of of the laws, so that way we know. Like, because most of us don't know when we're breaking the law, when we're not breaking the law. We got to know. Remember, Justin. Can you hear us? Oh, we can't hear you. 
We can't hear you. Oh man, he's you not- know, you know, brother. Still, you mentioned something earlier. You said that we are still here in this society. We're in America. Yes, and that- our children are here. Our, I have grandchildren. I have great grandchildren. I have an eight month. Um, we still got to go to the store. We got to eat. We got to live somewhere. Yes. Um, we have to um, be educated, and and there's different facets in the American system. There's law. There's culture. There's education. There's social, there's political. Uh, we have to deal with these things because we're still here, unless some of y'all are ready to separate. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if our people are ready to really to take that step. See, I, I, I don't, I, Malcolm said any place but here. But anyway, I don't, I don't know that much about law. But I'm willing to listen to Sister Shabazz. Yes, about it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But I know, I know about. Um, Communication on the street with the uh, with the young brothers in my neighborhood, Coney Island. Yeah. When I walk through the street, they say, "Oh, here come Brother Ron. Chill, y'all." Yeah. Because not that they're afraid of me, they respect me, so I have their con- But I'm willing to take what I that kind of uh, a privilege or honor that I have to help organize these brothers. And the young brother that was uh, uh, just speaking, he has a, a connection with certain things. So we have all of these different facets. So what are we going to do? I, I, I've been listening to some, some of the commentary. I heard them saying that, uh, I heard Martin Luther King III said, maybe we need to consider holding our money. Now, that's been something that we've been trying to do for the last 25 years, but no one has jumped on really withholding our funds. But now they're beginning to talk about that. Now, who's going to organize that? Or the churches are going to get involved because they have a lot of influence in terms of their congregation. So there are many facets, Brother Steele, but each one of those, we have to get leadership and be able yes. to have trust in that leadership in those different areas, okay? And, this is so and I seg- think we can get some results if we do it like that. Yes, yes. But um, what I see around the, the world, I, th- I think that this, this particular one, this situation, kind of hit different because people actually got yeah. to see from when they had him on the floor and, and watched him and watched the people on the side beg to take his knee off of his neck, man. And he didn't do it until his body was lifeless. And the way that they right. took his body and threw him like a dog into the ambulance and drove off, I think that that, that hit everyone a lot different. This We got people in New Zealand marching, talking yeah. about Black Lives Matter. You got the, the, the uh, mayor of, um what is it, Washington, D.C.? Yes. They painted Black Lives Matter on the street heading into the White House. Like, this is just a different time. This is a different move. And I think that America is really scared because they know that it's a lot of people out here that are ready to take it to another level right now. And even if it means at the hands of people that really didn't have anything to do with, it, with anything because there's a lot of people out there that's just frustrated that just want to tear things up and they don't want to hear any more reasoning because they're tired of seeing what's been going on for forever since they've been born you know what's your thoughts on that vague no it's like it's it's like i said they don't it's like i said when you oh we got a caller oh no go ahead all right cash on the bars and hoops radio who's this What's going on, man? This is Union Square, man. What's going on, Ali? What's going on, people? Union Square. What's going on, brother? 
Yo, I need to point out something so everybody can get something clear about a situation that you just mentioned. Uh-huh. You mentioned about the people that came and picked them up on the gurney. The actual people that actually picked them up on the gurney was not paramedics. They were policemen. Wow. How do you they do that? Policemen. They were policemen disguised. They were policemen disguised as um, paramedics because somebody actually pointed it out to show you that they had on the bulletproof vest. They had on the um the guns and the hosts on their side. Now, where do you know paramedics be carrying guns on the side as, as they come to pick up somebody that's sick? Now, this is an actual fact, or this is just a video this that you saw? Fact. This is facts. This is no, facts. No, I don't I'm know. You facts. I see. I see, Sister right? Shabazz over there. Sister Shabazz, we can't hear you. That is not a fact. I have not seen that authenticated anywhere. That is a speculative video that someone. Um, posted and zoomed in and said that these were basically his observations and what he thinks is happening. That's not a fact. Um, and, and quite frankly, I don't know that it's, to, it's true because there are EMS technicians that do wear body armor, especially when they think that they're going to be riotous activity. And during this time, um, we were, there was a pandemic going on and so there, I, 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 without there being something to substantiate and support that, I just don't like running off on all these tangents and conspiracy theories about what was happening and what wasn't happening. Thank you for that. I, just, I, I, can't, I can't buy it. I can't buy it. Because um, I saw the video and it's just some guy who's like, yeah, that's not how EMS dress. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all. That's not a fact. That's speculation. I appreciate you, for real. Because we don't want to deal with speculation. We deal with facts, man. We deal with facts. You know that. We don't want to put that out to the people, man. We got a stage, and we got to rep this stage right. You done, Tiny? Unfortunately, it's a lot of that going on. A lot of misinformation out there. Yeah, it's a lot of misinformation out there. We don't want to put... A lot of misinformation. Yeah. Self-proclaim armchair revolutionaries, yeah. And their podcast is spreading, you yeah. know, I mean, stuff they find online that, that it was nothing back that. Like yo, you're confusing the people who's just as bad as you know anything else because that's not helping it. This the movement on the situation. You know what I mean? We do everything that's right and exact, right? This is what this platform is about. I stand corrected, and, yes, and yo, my my apologies, but hey, listen, I just learned something today. Yes, so sir. if anybody else has that false accusation, they just learned something. Yes, so that I'm all good, Thank you for acknowledging that, Tiny. So we're gonna move along with the agenda, brother. Thank you for calling. All right, all right. And that's yeah. see, but that's that's see, that's what that's what the community need right there. Yeah, it's right there, accountability. Right yeah. there, without no sure accountability, did. without uh, without being argumental. Yes, you understand. Right. I say something. If it's not, if I'm t if I'm talking to you, and it's not because we have we li we live in a society. Our our community is we mind our business. You know what I mean? Where sometimes that might not be the best thing because I could be I could be telling you that, and then the sister could hear that and be like, no, 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 that's not the right information. And I'm glad, I'm glad that she caught that immediately. You know what I mean? Because we don't want to spread false narratives up here, man. Not at all. So just switching gears a little bit, man, because ultimately we do need the help of everyone to change the system. You know what I mean? With, with anything. What I've seen on video, and this is an actual fact, was, um. oh, we got another caller. One second. I'm sorry. The Oddcast on Bars and Hoops Radio. Who's this? 
Oh, peace, 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 man. This is G from North Carolina. How you doing, G? What you want to talk about? Oh, man, all is well, all is well man. Just like it's just a plan for humanity, man. That's it. That's it. That's all, man. It's bigger than all that, man. You got to plan for everybody. Mm. Plan for everybody, man. So what's... Like, it's, it's, simple, it's simple to make it black and white. That's easy. Mm-hmm. We always want to see that. We've been there. We've been the bottom of the Yes. I ain't got an answer. I'm ready. You know, I'm going to shit down for my family and people that's around me, but, you know. Now, when you say you're ready, what exactly are you ready for? Oh, man, we got to get ready for everything. Whatever comes. Whatever mm-hmm. comes. Okay. Okay. Well, we want to hear the voice of the people in the streets, man. We definitely want to make sure that we get the change yeah, that we're I, looking I, yo, for. And all the rest, you know, I respect you. I love this, man. Because, Thanks. like, I can't have a conversation with regular dudes on You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been yeah. removed, but, you know, you can't have this conversation with a lot of people, man. This I love that. This is the platform for it, man. We're here for that, man. We're trying to sharpen everyone, man. You know what I mean? You, you yeah, I'm in North Carolina and all that. Uh, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for checking in for North Carolina, man. And in the and they, it's, it's a plan for everybody, man. It's simple to stay black and white. That's easy. To I get it. Not man. saying that, damn, I'm not going to justify none of that. We've been through it for years, though. You know I mean? What is going to change? It's never going to change. Well, we can't say never. They say never, say never. I mean, I hope for, for yeah, my kids. Yeah, exactly. And I have and a I, young I, one, too. At the end of the day, I got I to tell them how it is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What what they what they people went through, what I went through, you know what I mean? What's going on there? Yeah. We gotta be the change that we wanna see. Say it one more time. How many years you been saying this? Well, we've been saying you it for I mean? a while. Every, now I'm just saying like like it's always been something. Martin Luther King, all this shit, man. We all done been through this, man. That our, our parents been through this, our grandparents been through this, our great grandparents been through this. You feel me? Yeah. You got to have struggle, man, in order to have some real progress, man. You got to struggle a little bit, man, to accept. Oh, yeah. I love, I love you got the struggle. It, 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 it brings the real love in you. Who you really are. Yes. So, brother, man, we appreciate you calling from North Carolina, man. Thank you for checking in. Continue listening on. All Thank right. you, man. Yeah, peace, man. All right. All right. So, just to get back to my um my thought, was I seen a video on the um, internet, man, about a situation that happened in Dykeman where... You seen three young black males walking. They weren't doing anything, and a bunch of Dominican brothers from Dykeman chased them out of the community because they thought that they were going to actually start looting. What's your thoughts on that, and how and and how does that reflect on our our communities as black and brown people who are targeted by the police and who already have three strikes against us in this system? Like, how do you how do you view that situation, Captain? What's your thoughts on it? Um, first of all, good afternoon. I finally got my, 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 my audio working. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, sure. Really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation. I think personally, we, ha- we have been throughout history, one of the most forgiving people, um, when it comes to dirt, when it comes to pain, frustration, slavery, enslavement, we have been known to forgive. Turn the we, other we're not willing to do, um, what others have been shown to do to us. Mm. And I think that's, that's one thing that I would be, I would say that that's, that's indicative of our people and who we are mm-hmm. if we get the same level of forgiveness to ourselves. 
And when I say that, I say that oftentimes we're so frustrated, frustrated about what we see, but we don't feel like we have the power to do things to make the necessary change to the people that's actually enslaving us or hurting us or, 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 or destroying our communities. So we take it out on ourselves. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm starting like this is that's my point of reference. As a child growing up, I'm from Crown Heights. I was there in the Crown Heights riots. Mm-hmm. I was there when it happened. I, you know, I, I, I saw the, the ambulance. I saw the police cars. I watched, I watched it happen. And then I watched what happened the next few nights. And I watched that we took it upon ourselves to, in many cases, protest, but we destroyed our communities, our neighborhoods. And I asked myself, when can we get to the point where we see that we're not necessarily always, um, we're not, our communities are not necessarily the problem. It's the people outside of our communities. But if we're not working together and having the same shared vision, the problem is when we do march and when we do protest, the people that are organizing the protests in most cases look don't look like us. And they are clear on their message. But for us as as the reasons why most much of this is happening, we don't have a shared message. Yeah. We don't have you know, uh, and, and I'm not talking, I'm not starting out this to talk bad about my people. I'm talking about what we need. Yeah. We need to work from two fronts. We need to we need to have the lobbyists, we need to have the lawyers, we need to have the, the politicians, but we also need to to have that ugly conversation amongst ourselves and that real conversation and say that, listen, when those police officers do what we do, we're pissed off about it, but we should be also pissed off when we see ourselves. That's a fact. From the, from the reference of Crown Heights, because what happened was I was a little 14, 15 year old kid that I took to my community and I didn't take to my community in any positive way. I took to my community and took advantage of what was happening. Mm. A couple of years later, I was arrested and I got incarcerated and I went up north, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it took opportunities that I met people that looked, that had the understanding of our history, that knew, that empowered me, that taught me things, that gave me books to really understand what the real enemy and who the real enemy was. And what I want for us to get to the point where we finally realize who the real enemy is, and it's not us. Mm. We're at a point where, unlike any other time, in 2008, we had the Great Recession. Um, in you know four or five years ago we had you know um various marches and so on and so forth but in this time right now we got three distinct things happening we got coronavirus and what it's doing to us on a on a on an organizing level we got the economic downspin and then we got rioting looting and all these other things so what i'm trying to say if not now then when because it's important for us to get together and have minds like us to work together and talk about these things. And that's what I do with my programming. The brother said from North Carolina, he said, I never have an opportunity to have conversations like this. And I think we need to have more opportunities so we can truly strategize and have some real, real shared vision, real directives. And we can talk to our people in the community and be like, listen, young brother, I don't need you for that right now. This is what we need to, because this is, this is what's really affecting our community. And until we get to that point, you'll have white people marching, and getting us together, and then what comes out of it, you'll see all these laws. When you look at when you look at the civil rights movement and what we was marching for, when 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 the laws were written and when it came back around, white women got just as much <laughs> just as much out of it as my community. When you look at affirmative action, they benefited from it more than we benefited from it. Mm. All these other things. So we could talk about we could talk about history. We can keep it real, but until we start keeping it real, we're not going to change what's mm. really happening. 
So um, that's that's part of what I, what, what uh, my piece is. You said a lot. Anybody care to comment on that? Uh, I think uh, brother was right on it. He's he said something, several things that were very important to our struggle because what we have to do right now. This is a whole this this is a whole different uh, kind of experience now with what has happened and the things that are unfolding before us. I was um, I was a young boy when Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968. I can remember exactly where I was at. And I was working in the Shabazz uh, restaurant at the time. And I saw, I was working on Fulton Street and Bedford Avenue. And man, the, by, by the time the sun went down, that place went up. I mean, they were tearing up everything. Uh, mm -hmm. They didn't touch the Shabazz restaurant. But anyway, uh, the next morning or two mornings later, there were tanks with National Guards rolling through Fulton Street. Mm. And I remember all the black nationalists being out there. The Panthers was out there. Uh, Sonny Carson and Sam Penn and Jitu uh, Wiusi and all the, you know, those were the elders at the time. You know, they were the, the brothers in the forefront. And uh, I remember white people being very apologetic, apologetic at that time. They would see us, how you doing? And they would give us donations. They uh, they were funding a different program. They were bleeding hearts. Oh, we're so sorry, you know. And then once that was over, right everything back. went back to normal. Yeah. So are we going to have the same replay? Because time and circumstances change things. So we have to, uh, if, if we understand that majority, the, the majority of our people that are out there are young people, the millennials. Yes. We have to organize them. I remember I heard a couple of those young brothers saying, uh, we don't want to be out here in the street, but we don't know what else to do. What they were saying is they had no leadership. Yeah. So whatever community that you're in, uh, Brother Kirsten was in Crown Heights, uh, and there's brothers in Crown House. I remember Richard Green and them. They began to organize uh, and start organizations and not-for-profits. Oh, you have to do that in your community. I live in Coney Island. Uh, I'm a part of the Coney Island Anti-Violence Collaborative. I have another group that we meet every Sunday in my home called the Knowledge of Self Group. And we discuss all kinds of things. So you have to do what you do where you're at. Start where you are. Because we can't go to Minnesota because we don't live there. You know, our brother um, uh, 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 Ramel Freeman, Edward Freeman, he put together this documentary. That's his Con uh, contribution, mm -hmm. you know, Sister Jabaz may have another contribution. Whatever you, whatever your contribution is, whatever skill or uh, what God has blessed you with, you use that to organize your people, and then put pressure because you know Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. Joe Biden, all of them are going to be coming out. People going to be crying. You know, we want to. We Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You know, uh, -uh we we want action. We want action and we want this to be a sustained thing. We want this thing to continue and get some real justice. Now, what is justice? Justice is fair dealings. It couldn't be, there will never be any peace without any true justice. And that's what the masses of the people are looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to add, I want to add one more yeah. thing because I really, yeah. I really appreciate seeing seeing the brother um Ali Vegas on here and you know he's, yeah. he's like he said earlier he's he's in two generations you know 
understands and can speak to younger brothers, but is old enough to have knowledge itself right. and understand history. Yeah. And we want to see more of that. Like for me personally, we have short memories. I talked about us being forgiven, but we also have short memories where, you know, a year from now, we can possibly forget about this. You know, um, and hip hop is one of our ways that we get, we get yeah. into hip hop, right? And we need more, you know, we need more young brothers to come out and say, you know what, at this point, I'm not going to put out that album right now you know, that speaks about this and that right now. I'm not going to put out that single. I, I saw I saw somebody decide to put a, push the video back because this wasn't the time to, to kind of like blow up YouTube with this new video or whatever. And I'm saying, I don't know why he did it or didn't, but I respect the fact that at this point, we need to be on message. Yes. And I think that for, for, for the Ali Vegases of the world and for the different brothers, I, I see my brother Mike's on and, and, and a few other brothers that's out there. Nice. I, I want to see like a We Are The World album, man. I want to see brothers come together and say, you know what? We got 14 songs and we got three verses. Each verse is a different brother. And we talking about, we talking about community unity and coming together. Because mm -hmm. our communities is hurting, man. Brownsville, East New York, you know, where, wherever you at, you know what I'm talking about. South Browns, we hurt. Yes, brothers right now, sisters right now, we not working. A lot of brothers who, who, who don't have um, green cards, who don't got their, their, their papers, ain't no way for them to work, man. And if you don't give people an opportunity to earn a living and you take away their civil liberties, then we going we might possibly be, you know, headed for some kind of anarchy and chaos, man. And we need those messengers um, who, who, in most cases, nobody gets information across our communities like hip-hop. That's where That's everything right. goes, man. And, mm -hmm. and I would love to, to hear from the brother to, to, you know, you know, to hear how you feel about that. Because I, I grew up on hip-hop. I love the music. And I be in my car like, yo, yo, this is official. And then I find myself like, damn, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a message. And I'm like, yo, slap that hoe. And I'm like, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Yo, I know I'm not supposed to slap her, but... <laughs> This message got implanted in my head, and I'm not gonna go and do it. But I imagine a kid that's 14, 15 years old that can't and don't got the history that I got, you know. So I kind of want to hear brothers also having that message input in their head. Let's help our community, you know. Let's feed the poor. Let's do this. So, you know, that's how I got to say about that as well. I'm about Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, I mean, you know how you know Hallelujah. That's 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 just what it is, like because. I've been on that since I've been on that since day one. This is the reason why, because they know they like. This is the reason why with with, with the industry was when I I always go to war with them because they know they couldn't tank me. It was nothing they could do to tank me. They couldn't offer me anything to turn me against my people or have me make the music to derail my people. You know what I'm saying? And and that's just that's what it is because what happens is what happens with us is that the enemy learns. The enemy learns how valuable we are before we even learn our value. You understand? So what happens is they beat us to the punch. So what happened with hip hop was they seen that you know what? They say they 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 look at they they look because it's it's ran by you know what I mean like the Jimmy Iveens and you know like the, the Tommy Matolas. It's right like I'm I sit with them. You know what I mean? It's ran by them. So what happens is they say you know what? Jay-Z is better for business than Tupac. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what happens is they say, you know what? We got to elevate this person. And, 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 and it's sad because 
we have to we have to learn as a people we have to learn as a people to trust us we have to we have to we have to really we have to really learn how to trust us again because like i said the younger generation don't trust the elder generation and the elder generation don't trust the younger generation for different reasons and we have to learn to to restore that trust of saying you know what not elder like like I always said when when the elders see me she ain't touching her purse She's like that's Ali you know what I mean I I'm, I'm pulling my purse out because I know he'll go to the store for me and get my paper or he'll come shovel my snow you know what I'm saying and and the youngins the youngins the youngins got to be able to say you know what I know that I know that elder ain't gonna just let the policeman just handle me any kind of way and and close their curtains. Nah, that elder gonna come to the door, open the door, and ask the police, "What you doing with that young man?" You know what I mean? So I, we have to re, we have to restore we have to restore that trust between 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 the generations. You know what I mean? And like I said, if I if I'm born, you know what I mean? You have that Michael generation and the LeBron generation, and I'm born and I I'm part of I've seen both, and I walked through the Kobe Bryant generation. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to put it in perspective. So I, I, that's what I do with my music. I'm able, like, I have the young brothers and I teach them that, yo, you know what? Whatever you whatever you put out in that world, whatever you put out in the world, five generations is going to come back to you because what happens is a lot of people don't see, a lot of people don't see, they can't see ahead of themselves. They can't see nothing greater than themselves. And we got to, like like the brother said, like Kev said, and like, and like the brother Ronald said, we have to re we have to reorganize and let them know. Look, being 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 part of this black culture is like being is just something greater than yourself. You know what I mean? Black culture that's 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 like how they sell the army to you. You know what I mean? You be part of something that's greater than yourself, and you have to we have to show them that. Look, contribute something. Don't just take away from it. Like I said, he's like in earlier in his earlier days, he took from his community. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what that's what was there for him. It was there for the taking. But now he's giving back. So we have to learn. We have to teach them off the rip is here. Contribute. Don't just take build, away. Build instead of destroy. That's what I'm time. saying. Contribute. Build. Contribution. Yeah. Add on. Add on. And that's build. it. No takeaways. Just, and, and if we start doing that, like you said, if we start doing that and, and trust, like if I got a if I got a legal question, most of the time, most of the time. Most of our people ain't going to, they probably bypass the sister and go for the Jewish lawyer. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why I said we have yeah. to learn how to, we have to restore trust between us and say, nah, I'm, I'm going to the sister because she's going to know exactly what fight I'm up against. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what we have to do and show them that, look, the people of, people of, my, of our descent, have, we have to learn that we are safe havens now. We're not, we know, it's no more... Now nah, I, I can't go to you because you ain't going you going to do me just as bad as the just as bad as the enemy. And we can't have that. You know what I mean? And that's why when they see brother Ron and Coney Allen when they see him, they be like, "You know what? Chill. Pull out. He 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 knows he knows our struggle and he's not looking down on us because he know our struggle. He trying to uplift us because he know where we come from." And that's what we have to do. And as far as like hip hop go, you have you have hip hop artists that do it. You have hip hop artists that push that, that push that 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 community, that agenda. And it's sad because it's sad that the ones on top that everybody look to, 
They the ones that's they worse than the enemy because they the ones worse than the they the ones that's keeping that generation out. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's sad. Yeah, mainstream media doesn't play that music anymore. You know, it stopped. It stopped in the early '90s. Like you had a healthy balance in what was coming out of the radio. There's no longer a healthy balance. It's only one one type of music that's out right now, and, and you know that's what has a lot of these kids' minds. But I just want to switch. You want to know what's crazy? Hot 97 and Power 105 on Tuesday, they blacked out. They playing Public Enemy, Karis One. Really? You know what I mean? Brand new being all day. And the ratings was high. Yeah. So, they, so the people still got a thirst for it because mm -hmm. it's in them. You know what yeah. I mean? But that's not, they not choosing to, to play that because they program, programming the youth and impressionable minds mm -hmm. to do otherwise. So they give us, so, give us one day to calm everybody sure. down. One day, and then back to this regular schedule programming. Exactly. Structure. Exactly. Materialism, all that. Exactly. I ain't gonna let up. We ain't gonna let up. We ain't gonna nah, let up. Nah, we, we ain't, ain't gonna, gonna let up nah. at all. We gonna be on we it. We gonna we be on they neck. We gonna be on this generation neck, my generation neck. We gonna hold everybody. our elders accountable. If, if if somebody ain't moving with us, they moving against us, and we can't we can't just because just what it let, is. Yeah, we can't let money or status d d nah, determine who we get on and who we don't get on. Like if if you in the wrong, you in the wrong. We at you. Mm -hmm. The money can't save you. Nah, that Bentley that Range Rover can't save you, homie. Nah, nope. it's a wrap for all that right now. Indeed. That's done. That's done. That one playing both sides, materialism playing it. Nah, that's done, bro. Exactly. The youth ain't the youth not hearing that. Nah. My little nieces, nephew, all got 15, 16, 17. They not hearing that, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia right now. They start they riding what? Friday or Saturday. Yeah, it was Friday. Goddamn. So Friday he's riding. They called out the man called Killer Mike and T.I. Mm -hmm. You said Killer Mike and T.I.? You don't want to hear that. They said, don't people already rich? <laughs> they said, after they speak and leave the stage, they're going back in the suburb with the rich people. Their yeah. kids go to, they live amongst the rich people. Their kids is in private school and all that. Mm -hmm. They like, and they older than us anyway. We don't relate to them. They yeah. said they're not hearing that. You have my boy Mark Skeet on the line last mm -hmm. last week. Yes. yes. And Mark Skeet, he's a music ex executive, a, a film executive for, for about 30 years. You know what I mean? His wife's a doctor. They're well off. Mm. His children was raised, you know what I mean? It wasn't raised in a hood like that. But mm -hmm. his son is what 19 years old. His son said, Yo, he's at the dinner table with his mother and father said, I'm going out to the protest. Wow. His moms are like, nah, you can't go. He said, I gotta go. He said, I'm my father's son. The father mm. looked at him like, yo, listen, go leave your phone on, be safe. He told his wife, like, oh, I can't tell him not to go. He mm. said, He ain't trying to hear nothing. He said, I wasn't trying to hear nothing when I was growing up in New York. When I was 1819. So hold, on, hold on, E. We got another call. The podcast on Bars and Hoops Radio. Who's this? Hey, what's going on? My name, my name is Paradise. Um, How you doing, I've Paradise? been listening on the show. I'm good. I'm good. Much love to the um podcast, all of you fellas. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm on, but I yeah. just wanted to. You're you know, on it. My two cents. You're on it. Right. Talk about it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so what I wanted to speak on specifically is um, the hip hop influence of um, of this movement. Um, mu music per se has always been part of the movement back in the day when it came to like the Marvin Gaye or the Stevie Wonder's and the, you know so on and so forth. 
and hip hop. I mean, I, I, there's something that has been on my heart that there used to be done, the hip hop summit, where you would have front tables and you would have pioneers, old, new, upcoming artists speaking on how we can build our community and how the influence of these pioneers can have such a strong influence and embedment on the on the youth to to flourish our neighborhood, to flourish our communities, not you know, just painting a wall but education and sticking together and building businesses and being united beyond, you know, just when it comes to a photo op. Now, when it comes to on Instagram, you see a lot of artists, they put up a, a picture, you know, to, to perpetuate that they're for the cause, they're for the move, movement, mm-hmm. but your, their actions beforehand have oh, never displayed not. any form of community, any form of, oh. of, of wanting to educate the mm-hmm. That's true. And that's, that's the way that, you know, and it's just like me, I'm a big. I'm all about underground music because uh, like really conscious. That's the goal of uh, in the soul of hip hop mm-hmm. because there, that's where you're get, you're listening for the. You're not thinking about the beat. You're you're listening and you're yearning for your mind to be fed with some, with substance, lyrics of true substance. Mm-hmm. So, and in commercial music, it's never been about that. It's just a number game. It's like retail. It's, commercial music is the retail of hip hop. Hmm. It's true. It's true. Now, I feel it's hard because I, I'm just speaking primarily on the influence because, you know, I, have, I follow the show and I, I feel that that needs to be, you know, focused on. More to the forefront. And I've even reaching out. I even myself have reached out to um Russ, you know. And I, I um, you know, there's no type of feedback. Well, and, I, and I grew up um half my life in Hollywood, so I'm like, wow. oh, what up, you know? Yeah. So I just hope, you know, with the message that everyone listening to, that some type of, you know, some type of roundtable can get up to where. You know, I'm in the older generation to where, I, you know, we see, like, I have my nephews. They have a revolutionary mindset. But you got to feed that with, with the tools, the, the, the education to move on. Yeah. And that's what this young generation needs. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to take too much of y'all time, but I felt, you know, coming from a woman's perspective, I'm in between the old and new generation that the hip hop fluence needs to be genuine. We need to have a roundtable in our community. Listen, well, with our listen, Sister Paradise, we, we appreciate your feedback. And to answer your question, this is what Bars and Hoops Radio was formulated for to kind of be the bridge between the industry and, and the streets. You know what I mean? We were, I, I understood a long time ago that we had to create our own platform. You know, I, I make music. Ali Vegas makes music, and we knew you had to go through a whole bunch of hoops and ladders to get your music yeah. where you wanted it to be. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to go through obstacles that you know the average person wouldn't want to take 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 that that trip. So, 
This is what Bars and Hoops Radio is here for. This is why we have listeners like you. We appreciate you. We're going to try to cater more to exactly what you said, and I'm going to make sure that we do that with the content that we do have on our airwaves moving forward to, to, so, to cater thank more you to so you. Much, brother. No problem. I appreciate all y'all. Keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Yeah, bro- Brother Steels, uh, I would like to say something right quick. Um, uh, hip-hop has been a great, great influence uh, throughout the country, particularly among young people and two or three generations. And they also influence the athletes. And what I've been hearing, a lot of the athletes are really trying to get involved, trying to uh, put their uh, effort in to say, how can I help? What could I do? And I think that's an area uh, that we, if we could sit down with them in some areas, like in my community, uh, we have Stefan Marbury. We have Lance Stevenson. I used to hang out with Lance Stevenson's uh, grandfather, uh, Johnny Stevenson. Uh-huh. Uh, then you have uh, Telfair. So, you know, I plan to sit down with these brothers and say, do you want to do something? Listen, this is what you can do. You tell me what kind of uh, resources you have to help. And these are the things that we can do. If you trust me, because Brother Ali was talking about trust, we need people we can trust. Yes, because I, that the, worst, the worst thing that you could do to black people, once they you lose their trust, while you out of luck with them. And that's number one on my list is trust. And uh, I, I did uh, let you know, Brother Steele, mm-hmm. I did reach out to my son to send Stefan uh, his um, some information to try to be on your show. See, Re- see, I know his family and yes. they have never been really conscious, brother. Oh. Uh, straight up, they're mm-hmm. not conscious people. So right. He's never had people around him Listen. that really gave. Now he's in China. And I don't know what the Chinese are saying to him. You know what I mean? So, but uh, we're going we gonna to start, you know, reaching out to him and try to get him to come on the show and talk because I believe that we can resurrect the yeah. brothers. I don't, you know, I, I'm not one who give up hope on our people, man. I was once a criminal. Yes, you Everybody deserves yes, a Everybody That's deserves right. this, man. Yeah. And I appreciate that, brother Ron. I really do, yeah. man. Yeah. And we... We're for everybody, man. We can, we can chop it up any how they want to give it. You want to give it political. You want to give it street. You want to give it right. revolutionary. You'll get it all here. So it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We, we, we'll meet everybody where they are. Um, right. and, uh, and I'm glad you brought up the athletes, man, because LeBron James, man, you know, he's, he's a very different. He's a different individual. So right. Now he's under attack. And, you know, they can't really touch him because he's still so great. At right. The- you know, they can't wait till he has that moment to where he falls off to try to bury him. But um, what's this um, anchor? Laura Ingram from um, Laura, Ingram. Laura Ingram from Fox News. Like Drew Brees just came out and made a statement about athletes disrespecting the flag. And she came out uh, 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 last year and told LeBron James when he started speaking about, you know, the revolution and social injustice and stuff like that, that he should just shut up and continue to dribble it back. <laughs> Yeah. When Drew Brees said what he had to say, she basically said, well, he's entitled to his opinion. You know what I mean? Like, what do y'all think about this double standard that we clearly still see in the media today, man? Like, I know it's Fox News and I shouldn't be expecting any more from them, but the blatant disrespect for a man that's so great, man, that does so much for our community in the way of schools, giving back, like, he deserves a little bit more respect than that, man. Babe, that's me ready to go at it. No, no, but that's what I'm. But that's what I mean by because we so 
we so programmed to just feed ours to the wolf as soon as they say it. You know what I'm saying? But they protect theirs. They protect theirs with like like a lion protect the kill. You understand? Like, but we so fast to just give ours to them just because they say, yo, look, nah, he killed that baby. And we gotta just be like, oh well, they said he killed her, so he must have killed the baby. And then we just like, hey, y'all do with him as you wish. No, we gotta hold on to ours and say, you know what? Screw you. We'll deal with we'll deal with ours accordingly. The way y'all deal with that's why I be like, that's why I always tell you, I'm like, nah, I'm not throwing a I'm not gonna throw a fork in mine. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna throw a fork in, in somebody that that belongs to us, that 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 carry our skin color and our culture. I'm not gonna throw a fork in them just because the enemy said it. Nah, we'll deal with them accordingly. If we wanna outcast them, we outcast them, uh, we outcast them amongst ourselves, but we ain't gonna let you know it. You understand what I'm saying? Like we ain't gonna let you know, like brothers and sisters, we might fight in the house. But when we go outside, our act is on straight, and you know, I, we will beat you up, and then go back in the house and fight each other. But we ain't gonna do it in the street. Yeah. That's what I'm saying because that's what they do. They not, and everybody be like, no, we can't. No, white people ain't. White people do not. They do not give up theirs easily. Like you can have yeah. them on TV, and they be like, yo, look, he murdered. The, he look, he smacked the lady in the face. Look at Dylan Roof. Like, he went to church in South Carolina and killed nine. God fearing people. That's what I'm saying. They gave a Burger King or something like that. You see what I'm saying? They're not going. They're not. They're not holding theirs to the fire. So that's what I mean by where we can't. We can't. We can't rely on them. Like we can't even allow them to penetrate our our thought process. Like we we give our own due process. You know what I'm saying? And that's why. That's what we have to do. We have to take. We have to take. Hours back and say, you know what? Yeah, whatever you said, cool. But we gon' we gon' we gonna have our round table amongst us, amongst our black people, and we gonna say, you know what? Yeah, that was kind of crazy what he did, but we ain't gonna let these white people just do him how they just gonna do him. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we gotta get back to because they ain't giving theirs up. And that's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because like part of my work, I work um, in family court. I work with ACS. I work with a lot of things. And I remember in thinking about how they just, you know, created these rules and really got into our homes, you know, where you just started seeing ACS coming into our homes, taking our children and things like that. And then I look at other communities like the brother is saying, like I've had over the last six years, seven years, I probably had over 1500 cases that were black and brown people that look like us. And I'm talking about everything from, I'm talking about they removing kids for truancy. They removing kids for, you know, all kind of stuff. And out of all them cases, I probably had about maybe out of 1,500, I probably had 10 white white cases, white people. Wow. Wow. I'm serious. And ask anybody, um, I teach you, I'm sure she can tell you that in terms of her her view in terms of criminal court. I'm pretty sure she, she has to understand in the family court because this is not what we're seeing. We're not seeing other people being prosecuted. All right, hold that thought. Hold that thought, brother. Kessin. Bars and Hoops Radio, the R-Cast. Who's this on the line? This is Mark. Mark, how you doing, my Mark, brother? I'm all right, man. Just tuning in. Okay, what you got to add? Up. What up, Mark? What up, Mark? Yeah. So what? Uh, I, I heard what the brother just said, and uh, I was looking at it. I was in court with Brother Josh a couple months ago, and I saw something similar. Um, we were in Superior Court in Atlanta, and um, 
Superior Court doesn't handle like juvenile cases. But there was one case in there that really bothered me in particular. Um, it was a 15-year-old boy who had a fight at school in another county. So let's say if you're in New York, let's say he had a fight in Suffolk County, right? But they bring him back to the courts in Queens County or, or, or Kings County in Brooklyn. Out of the jurisdiction. And I, yeah, clean out of the jurisdiction. The judge had no jurisdiction to hear the case uh, because it was in the wrong form to begin with. And the judge was like, just lock him up. And I was like, wait a minute. For a fight in another jurisdiction, they bring him to this court? Wow. But the sad thing was, the sad thing was about a brother, there was a black sister there insisting that he be locked up and prosecuted and sent back to prison. That's the part I, I cannot, I could not understand. You know, and I hope that the situation with George Floyd sends a clear-cut message to those of us who know better but do the worst, that they are not immune from running into an officer like that one named Chauvin. Mm. You know what I mean? He sees us all the same. And, you know, you're going to always hear me say, those who know better but do the worst. Yes, sir. You know, uh, sure. to me, they are the biggest problem in, in, in the black community. It's not the boys with the pants sagging and the gold grills. That's not what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is the judges in DeKalb County who sat back and watched all these black residents in DeKalb County just have their homes looted and pilfered by people from outside of the African-American community. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where your, your, your life savings are. You know, and that's a, that was a very big problem here in Atlanta. And no one, uh, you know, everyone turned a, black, a blind eye to it. And it was people that looked just like us that allowed people that looked from another persuasion to come in and take our property. Mm. We've got to do better. Especially yeah. when you know better. Yeah, we definitely got to do better, man. We got to do better, man. Thank you, brother Mark. We appreciate you, man. We were talking about you going down with your son last week, man. Yeah, yeah. With that experience, man. man. My daughter, my daughter went last night. Oh wow! You know, I was like, okay, I'll drive you guys in the back of the car, and you know, I put my top down. We just drive along behind in the back of the protest. He said that he put his they, top down. They, they jumped out the car. And, no, we're gonna we, we want to we want to march. We want to march. They're like goodbye. Uh, and, you know, they went. They, they just marched going down, man. I, I, you know, I gotta say, I wasn't angry. You know, I'm kind of proud of them. You know, because they're coming into their own and. uh they know they're seeing what's wrong and wanting to do the part of the solution rather than contributing to the problem. Man, I respect that, you know? man. I really respect that, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. So, you know, I gotta I gotta I gotta tip my hat to him. You know, my son is a fencer. Oh, you wow. know. And I tell him, I'm like, man, use what you do, your sport, you know, to bring that's 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 the weapon that you can use, you know, to bring about you know, change and attention to what's going on with us uh, as a people, you know. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something else. Where is, and I've been hearing this, Oprah's missing. 
Uh, we didn't even get to that. Jail is missing in action. But where's my buddy Byron Allen? Wow. When Byron, need, when Byron needed black folks six months ago, I yeah. went out of Washington, D.C. Yeah. And I saw all the black people out there supporting Byron Allen. And I looked and I said, this is wrong on so many levels. Because I knew Byron could care less about the African-American community. And I got in my car and I turned up state for all the three minutes and I went back, told the Uber driver to take me back to the airport. And I flew to Atlanta. Where's Byron Allen today? Where's Jake? Well, see, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence with that. Because sometimes things happen in the background that we can't see. You know what I mean? Sometimes people don't do things for the spotlight and the attention. So, you know, I don't want to misspeak because something did just come out today with Jay-Z, you know, giving a large sum of money to, you know, some of the victims. And, and he's willing to put money into places that is needed to help our community. So I don't want to really okay. I don't want to really go there and taint these people, even though we I'm have our gonna- certain feelings about them. I don't think that yeah. this is the time that like we got everything stacked against us. We got coronavirus, mm-hmm. like Brother Keston said. We got police mm-hmm. out here killing us. During a time where we already mm-hmm. down, we don't need to be sitting and stepping on each other while we're still fighting to get up. I, you know what I mean? I, I agree with that. I, 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 I definitely agree with that. Yeah. 150%. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, know, and that's I just my view. That's my view, man. Like they're not there. We know that. We keep that mental we keep that mental note for the next time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? While we fighting right now, like Vegas said, man, we could fight in the crib amongst each other. But while we outside, we gotta be on our best oh, behavior yeah. and stick together. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. That that's I would never go out to you know, uh, you know, I, I keep it within this forum because I I figure, you know, it, it's us. Oh yeah, nah, it's definitely us. It's us. Nah, I'm not. You know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not knocking I, what you said. I would said. never go on on like a CNN and oh. be like, oh, that guy. I would never do that. Yeah, definitely, you man. Know. But we internet radio. We're syndicated worldwide. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on their neck, brother Mark. Don't even worry about it. I'm on their neck. I'm on, don't even worry about it, brother Mark. I'm on their neck. I hold them all accountable. I don't care. I don't care. Like I just, I told still earlier. I'm like, he's like, yeah, you know, Mike gave a hundred mil. I don't care. That's not enough. Black kids buy his That's shoes enough. all the time. He made Word. that. That's not enough. Like we not listen. We ain't, I, like we don't have to put them down. We don't have to put them down, but we gonna we 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 gonna make sure that we hold them accountable because we ain't gonna just put them where we ain't gonna put them where the people that been on the front line fighting. We ain't gonna give them that same glory when they just been waiting in the back. You know what I mean? Waiting in the back, gathering their strength, and then finally decide to do something. Like, nah, we ain't gonna put them in the same light we put the LeBron Jameses that been speaking up from the beginning. We but at the same token, they. At the same the token, we can't, we can't, we also, like, you got the Robert Crafts that gave him another million dollars to local organizations. Now, that's, that's an indirect effect of Jay-Z, because remember, they were all part of the prison reform um, initiative that Jay-Z, Robert Kraft, um, uh, what's the, um, one of the owners from the Sixers, they all came let together me, for let this let initiative. Me this. Yeah. Let me say this, from mm-hmm. someone who has a background from a legal perspective. Yes. That's that to me that's showboat. That's showboat. That's showboat. <laughs> I know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh God. You understand? Let's go, Mark. Now, Tell them to they, the people. If they really want to make a change, 
if they really want to make a change, why don't they go to remove those crooked judges and those crooked politicians that they pay? You know why they don't? I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Because they pay those crooked judges and those crooked and those crooked prosecutors so they can have their way when they go in the courtroom. The biggest problem that we have here in America are judges on the bench with their hand out. And nobody wants to address that. Oh, man. Yeah. And in all- ain't playing. We ain't playing. You on a net still. <laughs> can I be heard? That's Bro. the biggest problem we have. And in order, in order for that conspiracy Let's to go. work, you must first involve the clerk Hold on. when you go to that. So court. we got Sister Shabazz. You know, once I see her shake her head, we got uh, to. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That's the fact. We got to stop passing the buck. We got to stop passing the buck, making it be somebody else's problem. Yeah. It's our problem. You know why it's our problem? Because you motherfuckers, when you get that jury summons and that jury questionnaire, you throw that shit in the garbage. There we go. Let's keep it on it. Okay? And the ones that do show up, when they do show up and they get to the voir dire part where we get to question you, they say stupid shit like, I can't be fair. He looked like my brother. There we go. And you know what, sir? You are right, because I'm guilty of that. I'm telling you. <laughs> And I went down to the courthouse. But let me tell you what my issue was. I said, y'all let this, y'all let this lawyer get $300,000 from me, and I came here to get justice, and you sent me packing. And now you want me to come here and help knock some black people up? Oh, it's not going to happen. You could have been the fence, though. Exactly. I stayed, man. I stayed and I made sure. I stayed and I made sure my brother got off. I stayed. See? That's what I'm I talking stayed. about. Hey, I stayed. No the brother was on. The brother was on trial. The brother was on trial for, for. They had him on trial for. He was. They said he was a heroin dealer. Young black brother, right? And then it was so much. It was so much holes in the case that they was trying to railroad him. I stayed. I was like, I was. I thought they wasn't gonna pick me because. Because because uh, I'm so youthful, they was like, nah, nah, nah. One of them was like, nah, I don't, we don't want him. But I'll tell defense, you why they picked you after. Yeah, the defense was like, the defense lawyer was like, nah, nah, nah. I want him. I need him on this joint. So, <laughs> so if you give me him, you can take such and such off, and then I stayed and I got that. You know what I mean? Got that brother off. We ain't playing. Nice. <laughs> See. And, and, and it doesn't matter who the judge is in that moment. Thank you. Sister Thank I've you. I've got to change the heart now. Let me just say, <laughs> my whole thing now is show up and show out. That's what I'm talking about. You got to get to it and get it done. That's it. That's it. Show up for those and because that is the first line of defense. I was very wrong. I'm not going to lie. But but I was I was wrong because I had been wrong inside that system, you know, and I was totally pissed off. And then for them to call me and say, "Come down here," listen, I had a case where the judge was screwing the defendant that I was suing, oh, and no one cared. It's totally man, crazy. Man. That happened. Court of raw This is this is real talk. And they were able, to, and when it went to another judge, that judge said, "Has water under the." <laughs> you know, so when you go back into that courtroom, into that environment, if this is the same courthouse that locked that locked Josh's son up, you know, for murder when the victim yeah. is still alive. 
Yeah, and we got so, Brother Josh on the phone too, man. Brother Josh, man, you know, would you mind telling the story? Yes, no like um. Peace to the God. Hats off to Brother Ronald Stewart. Much respect for the elder. Yes, sir. Peace, brother. That's how it is. I mean, the way I look at it, those judges, those I'm not saying all those judges are bad, but Brother Josh and I was thinking about starting hashtag pack your shit. We're getting ready to clean out the courthouse. Those judges (laughs) must be removed. Mm. They must be because there are certain judges that are put in place. So when a cop like Chauvin does what he does, the clerk peddles that case to that judge and that judge gets rid of that case. It is an overall much bigger conspiracy than than people can even imagine. So, and so it's not only in the on the local level, it goes all the way up to the federal courts also. So Let Brother Mark, this. Brother Mark and Let, Brother Joshua. say one more thing. No problem. Let me say one more thing. I saw the feds come and kick my part, my business partner's door, took him down to the courthouse. When he got down there, and it was over a business deal, right? Mm-hmm. When he got to the courthouse, there was no plaintiff. There was no prosecutor. He was charged with nothing. All they said was, undo what you did, and you can go on home. Mm-hmm. That's the way the courts are ran these days. Wow. And this was a federal, federal court judge, and she is no longer on the, on the bench. After my, my associate went to Eric Holder in front of the, the, the Georgia, um, the, uh, the attorney general for the state of Georgia and raised a big stink, she went back and had that federal magistrate judge removed. Mm. These are the issues that we have to deal with. And I mean, I, I, I know we're on the phone with an, with an attorney, but I got to keep yeah. it 100 with nah. Those attorneys are freaking, those judges are rotten to the core, and 50% of those attorneys are rotten to the core, and the majority of the attorneys know those attorneys are rotten to the core, yeah. but they refuse to say anything. She the and that, that's what I mean. That's what not, I mean. Well, not this attorney. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. She, she <laughs> the fact checker. So, Listen, I will, I will never disagree with you when it comes to the integrity of many, many attorneys. Um, irrespective of their, their complexion or their race or their ethnicity or ideology, but there are bad people in every industry, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not unique to just attorneys. Um, there are bad doctors, there are bad everything, mm-hmm. okay? That's just the reality of it. The problem I see is that it's not the judges who simply can be replaced, especially if people don't go vote when judges are voted in, right? Some of these judges, most of them are elected officials, yes. but you don't go, you don't go to that election because... You don't even know about that election because it's not a federal election. That's first and foremost. Secondly, you change all the judges. The laws are still the same. Okay, so it doesn't matter if you replace the judge if the law is the same. The laws are disproportionately designed to affect us in a very negative way. The laws must change. Mm. Right. So we have to start from fundamental changes, not just replacing figureheads or chopping off the head of a snake where another head will just grow. Mm. We got to stop being, we got to stop, we got to stop worrying about being a, the 101 person. Be the 101 person. It's okay. We can't, got to stop being that person that say, oh, they got enough people. It's 100 people down there. They all right. No, be the 101 person. You know what I mean? We can't, we, I agree with you. we can't do that no more. We can't do the, you know how it is. You see a mob of people, like, just like you see protesting, you're like, oh, they all right. They got enough people down there protesting. No, it's not enough. 
We still, we already, we need more. We're here. We need more. Like, if it's 100, you be the 101 person and hope that 102nd person come behind you. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's what we need. To, we need to stop that mentality of thinking that we have enough. No, don't worry about it. Be more. Go ahead. Go out. Be more. You're right. So I want to ask you this, man. What's your thoughts on um the mayor of Los Angeles cutting $150 million from the police budget and giving it to the communities of color instead? He wants to make sure that this moment isn't just the moment. He's putting his money where his mouth is. What's your thoughts on that? And can he legally do that? That's the very... To the work to the intended parties. That's showboat. You know, giving money to our people... Let's say one thing to this. Cynthia Bikini is one of my best friends. And we were talking one day about reparations. And she said, Mark, the reason they don't want to pay reparations is because they know that money will never get to the intended recipient. This is why they don't want to pay it. What does that mean? That there are people within the black, that, that the gatekeepers of the black community will steal them there almost every day. That's and that money will never get to the black. Has everyone in the hood got their stimulus? Not their stimulus money, their this, this, this Check that Donald Trump was supposed to give out to the businesses. Oh, they gave me four hundred thirty-seven dollars. Just haven't gotten it. <laughs> they gave me four hundred thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> Listen, I just, I have a different take on reparations at this point because you know a monetary gift or a monetary bestowing upon us as beneficiaries of uh, descendants of slavery. What are we going to do with it besides spend it back in? the corporations that are in America. What are we going to do with that money? We don't have a plan. We don't have unity. We don't have action. We don't have connectivity. We don't have any any, any, any united front. So all of us individually, will we get some money? And then what? And then what? That's not going to move the needle anywhere. It's just not. It's a, it's a fallacy. It's a fiction that it's like a carrot that's dangled in front of the face of the black people and say, listen, reparation, that's money. You want money? Yeah, I want my money. No, no, no. We need something more than that because that money has no value. That fiat currency has no value and it won't translate into power. And we need power. We need power. We need land. We need real estate. We need our own industry. We need sovereignty. We need nationhood status. We need the fuck you. We got our own laws. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Sovereign. I, you know, yeah. brother, brother Steele, can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Joshua, brother Joshua, I'm sorry about that. Go ahead. That's okay. Let you know. Let me further echo sister point. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says in the back of the final call newspaper, and what Minister Farrakhan continues to echo today, is that you know what we want and what we believe. You know, I'm all for our people receiving money. Once we receive it, who can we give it to? Who can we buy from? We must all admit, educated or not educated. We got to give it back to the people that has industry who's producing. Mm-hmm. That's not their fault. That's our fault. So if Pookie and Ray Ray, let me say this, if Pookie and Ray Ray wants to give their money and waste their uh their 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 millions that are given, if they are ever given, let it be. But for those of us who know better, we can do better, pool our resources so we can become a living influence 
to Pookie and Ray Ray, let that happen as well. Because to say, hold on to it, let us work it out. Nah, it's been over 87 years trying to work it out. We need to get land. We need to get resources, as Sister said. Give us three to four states. See? Nice. Once we get three to four states, then we got the guards, the young youth, male and females, to protect those states. Nice. Give money. $14 trillion is a drop in the bucket. You know, uh, when Bob Johnson said, hey, you know, you know, give us $14 uh, trillion dollars. No, 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 no. That's 280000 apiece. You know, give us a million or more. You know, they're raising for our brother. He's up in the uh, uh, eight millions of dollars now. He needs to continue to get more. What's the value of a life? How do we value ourselves? Going back, I believe what Brother Vega said earlier, when we see two people that are dark walking into a foreign community or in a community that's not ours, like in a Hispanic community, they see us and they think we're coming to ride, a, you know, to destroy their properties. They attack us. See, people don't fear us. They don't think there are consequences for their actions, so they take the advantage of us. We must become a people where people fear us, understand that we are forced to be reckoned with. See, and, and until we develop that kind of disposition, not only with the Americans, who have had us in slavery for, for uh, hundreds of years, but for everybody on the planet, we must become a people that is seriously feared. We can't continue to sit around as men and wrangle our hand and try to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, you're right. We have doctors, lawyers, scholars, teachers, scientists, in all these fields of endeavor, but you know they give away too quick. They back up too quick. We need more fighters like you, sister. We need more thinkers like you. We need people who are really willing to take it all the way to the end as long as they know we're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Don't play with my fighting. Don't play with my spirit. Don't play with me helping you to get to where you want to be and then you give up on the job. You know, Jack the Rapper used to come to Atlanta. That used to be one of the biggest things that I look forward to. I was part of the security force that continued, but that has so much value to it. But when Jack the Rapper departed from us, and then what happened? Why couldn't we keep that going? It can still be called a Jack the Rapper. Convention. You don't physically have to be among us. Let me let me interject, Josh. Let me explain this to you. I remember there was Carol's daughter, right? And wow. I'm, I'm putting Steve Stout in the music business. I don't know if you guys know who Steve Stout is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right? messing up the Knicks right now. Yeah, <laughs> I put Steve in. The, I put him in the music business back in the nineties. I called Steve up and I said, "Steve, you got you got Carol's daughter." I was having one of those moments. I said, "We as a people don't own anything at all. Nothing." I said, man, please hold on to that Carol's daughter. Right? Because it's the only hair care products that we have. Right. You know, Steve told me this. My, I have not spoken to him since that night. He said, Mark, I understand all that. But it's about buying and selling. I said, no, Steve. He said, I understand legacy. I understand all that. But it's about buying and selling and getting that money. Wow. That's the mentality of those of us who know better and do the worst. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I'm talking about. And you know who owns it now? L'Oreal. Wow. L'Oreal. Wow. And it's, and it's the biggest black band on the planet. That's the mentality that has to change. Well, we got a lot of work to do. We got a yeah. lot of work to do. Can't give up. I can't give up on my son, man. My son is only eight months. If I could play my yeah. part to make the world a better place for him, I'm on it. If, yeah. if I got a job for this little African yeah. have a future, I'm a dead motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Heard the mother. That is the mentality out there. You know, I mean, I, I, I see it from a different perspective. Some of the people I'm around and, and a lot of the people that I, that I deal with. Listen, man, I, I can't even begin to tell you. Man. You know, I, when you have a lawyer like Willie Gary, who's a billionaire, and his black clients go to him seeking justice against these corporations who treat them. Mm. And he, he, he makes $50 million or $100 million and sends his clients home penniless. You know? Man, that, you, this, you, is, this is what happens. Yeah, you're seeing these the other side. People know better, but they do the worst. You're seeing the other side that we don't see. You know, yes. You're giving us a perspective what you see that we don't see. Yes. For real. When, when, when people are, you know, you got a lot of, when, when you look at Michael Jackson, those people killed Michael Jackson and what they were doing to Michael. They had a black guy right there with them. The doctor. John McClain. Mm -hmm. No, not the doctor. Not the doctor. John McClain. A family friend mm. who was right there with him. And he, and he facilitated, helped to facilitate the theft of that man's whole estate. Wow. Wow. You know what I mean? So when you say, yeah, those of us who know better, could do the worst, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. I'm a totally different perspective than most. Mm, mm, mm. And Brother Joshua, you know? to Brother Joshua, you had something else to say? Well, again, you know, we can go on and on with Beatrice Food, Eminem, Johnson & Johnson, all these mega giants that were corporations in our community. But they was bullied off the block by big, powerful lobbies and Jewish, you know, influences and things of that nature. It was, but it can't, it can only happen when we sit down. See, we'll come out when somebody shoot us down and press the knee on our neck, and we should. But when somebody stepped to Bob Johnson and say, look, we want to buy the company or else, right? Bob Johnson got to know that he's got muscle in the community when they come at him like that. Byron Allen got, hold on, hold on. Byron Allen got to know he's got muscle in the community. See, we got to build relationship regardless of our circumstances and our, and our situations. You see, I want for my brother what I want for myself. See, that's how I was raised. That, that's my teaching. That's my uh, 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 instruction. See, ain't nowhere in the world I can help Mark do nothing if I don't want for him what I want for myself. So I got to be honest with him and I got to be there to have his back. But I also got to be able to say, Mark, you're wrong. 
Mark, hold on a minute. Let, let me say this. Like Brother uh, Vega said, you got to be able to pull your brother's coattail, but at the same token, you don't give up on your brother. You got to see when these lawyers going in the courtroom and they ain't following instructions, right? We can't get tight and sensitive as a lawyer. We got to understand, look, I hired you. I'm paying you, right? But there has to be equality on both sides. Look, I got you, sweetie. Don't worry about it. I see what you don't see. You see what I'm saying? But you got to, there has to be trust in order to let a lawyer as your shield walk into the courtroom to defend you. There has to be trust on both sides. Where is the trust? Where is the value? We, I can't let my brother and my sister go away just because I got fed up with them over a situation or I said something they didn't like. We got to rebuild that relationship. Hold on. I messed up. I apologize. Let's fix this. Because we go in the courtroom, we want to go in the courtroom as one. When I go lie on this table to get my surgery, this hard implant, I want to know you got me, doc. I don't want I don't want you doing this because I don't have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. I'm on Medicaid. I want to make sure when you approach my body, get ready to deal with my body, you're approaching it from the standpoint, this is Jesus Christ lying here. Hmm. See. We got to have that kind of love. When people start to see that we got that kind of love and we will come out and bust somebody's backside by dealing with us, regardless of how small or large we are, whether we're a movie star or a grassroots, mm -hmm. we got to know we got each other's back and ain't nobody going to play around with us. So in 2008, when Obama became president, he could have got a lot more done if he knew he had a lot more brothers in the street that had his back. But when we kind of bagged off and envy and jealousy poured in, we we dropped the ball. We we got to be honest. It's a great disconnect. As Vegas right. was uh, I give you speaking my vote, about last week. Right. If I give you my vote, I ain't got to worry about you having me because you're going to know there are consequences to you having my vote. You see what I'm saying? We talking about turning our back and not supporting you at all. You talking about playing golf. You ain't going to be able to go nowhere because we're going to be cold as iced on you. Mm -hmm. But when you know there's love and we know there's love coming from here, we got you, man. Go ahead and do what you got to do. See, white folks will get out of black people's way if we get out of our own way and stop making excuses. Say it again. Well, you see what I'm saying? Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me say, let me say this to that point. And, and once again, I go back to those of us who know better but do the worst. My son went down to protest last week. And I'm not sure if I tell you. So when they got down there to protest, the cops on the front line ready to bust ass were black cops because they were expecting black kids to show up. When the black kids showed up, when, when the white kids witnessed, saw what was going on, the white kids went to the front of the line and pushed the black kids to the back. We have a sick mentality. Those white kids were smart enough to know that those black police officers weren't going to raise a finger or do a damn thing to them. That's why they pushed the black kids to the back and they went to know it. They know it. You understand? But they were there willing, ready, and waiting to go beating on their own. But when they saw them white kids come to the front, they had a change of heart. Yes. These are black cops we talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Now, and I'm glad we that you brought that up. people, man. I'm glad that y'all brought that sick, up. Sick people. Because um, we are sick people, man. Yeah, we have to. We have to see. We have to be able to see. We have to. We have to be able to. Like I said, when the moment is big, we have to rise to the occasion, and we have to 
we have to learn how, like, like I was saying earlier, we have to learn how to restore the trust. And we have to not take for granted when our people get in positions of power. So like what I'm saying is where, let's just say I use it as say you had a job and now you, you, had, you had your job and now you get a, a black supervisor. And just because the black supervisor understands your struggle, that don't mean you slack off. You know what I mean? That don't mean you say, you know what? I'll be late and then tell them like, yo, yo, bro, brother, I'm so, you know I was late. You know how it be. No, you ain't going to do that with the white supervisor. And now, you, now, and, and now you got me. The, the thing about it is you don't want this brother to lose his position because then you in trouble. So we have to like when we get up, when we like like brother like like he was saying like mom was saying he was saying yo when 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 people get in when our people get in position we have to let them know that look we here for you but you want we gonna stay on you the same way the white man stay on you make sure you do what you need to do for us as well but we here for you if you need to go against those people we gonna we gonna show up where them people at and make sure that they don't handle you just any kind of way. But we have to take accountability. Like, you know what? We're going to do what we need to do so that way our people stay in position. Hmm. Yeah, but can I yeah. something? You know, in this area, that this issue that we're talking about now, when we put our people in place uh, to help make a positive change or they uh, have the opportunity to be in a position to make some changes and to uh, render some equality and some justice to our people. And uh, we could be merciful when they mess up, but they have to understand there's some consequences when you mess up. You know, when I was a parole officer, I was a parole officer for 25 years, and I've seen parole officers that had an opportunity to do some good things mm. for these brothers and sisters that were you know, on parole. And the first thing they wanted to do, they wanted to act out like the white parole officers. And the first thing they would say to them, them brothers and sisters that come home on parole, if you get out of hand, I'm going to lock your ass up. Well, you don't have to tell nobody you're going to lock them up. Yeah. They already know you have to bow. That's like Bruce Lee telling somebody, I will snatch out your throat and drink your blood. Bruce, you never see Bruce Lee doing that. Because Bruce Lee already know he had the power. But they were really acting out the way the white parole officers. And they, when they were in a position, and when they were in a position to be confronted, some of them got afraid. And I would always tell them, I said, let, let me tell you something. I said, you ain't nothing but a paycheck and a badge away from these brothers and sisters. I said, because if it was the other way around, you would be their position in the same system that put them in underground and put them in prison will be the same people that will put you in. So, but there got to be some consequences. It got to be some consequences. Right now, Keith Ellison is on blast. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what they, a question was asked of him and I'm hoping the brother does his best in this prosecution. But the question was asked of him before he got the cases. Uh, the question, uh, Joe Madison asked him, are you in the loop? Meaning that you, are they giving you the down low on what's going on? He hesitated. He said, well, 
they they let me know when they want me to um, know. So that told me that he really wasn't in the loop. But it wasn't until the pressure was put on that the governor of uh, Minnesota began to work towards trying to get somebody in place. But we don't know what's going to happen to these officers. We don't know. But if they get free, what do we do? What's the what's the plan? What's mm. next? What's the next step? And we got to know what the next step is because we got a lot of other brothers and sisters besides uh, what happened to George Floyd that got murdered and prosecuted and uh, unjustly sentenced. And, 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 so, Mark, Mark we're gonna move on. We got about twenty minutes. Okay, we're gonna move right. on. So, um. Brother Edwin, man, we wanted to talk about um, your documentary, man, Modern Day Slavery, man. Why don't you introduce it to our listeners, man, tell people what they can get by viewing your documentary, man, and what it's all about. Yeah, man, it's crazy because with the current racial tensions, you know what I mean, it just makes the documentary more relevant. You know what I mean? The documentary is called Modern Day Slavery from prisons, from plantations to prisons. And what it basically, basically does is it, it highlights to show how basically as a people, they usher us from slavery into prisons. You know what I mean? And it also highlights the the disparities and the racial exploitation of blacks and Latinos. You know what I mean? And the mistreatment at the hands of, uh, uh, you know, the U.S. justice system and law enforcement throughout the country. And like I said, right now, it's even more uh, relevant. You know, it's, it's currently available. It's streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Also, our website, uh, Modern Day Slavery movie.com and it's doing very well you know what i mean and um like i said you know so it's just it's a hot topic right now you know what i mean with the current racial tensions and you know we just on the forefront doing the work i got brother uh ronald stewart uh alkeisha shabazz and uh keston brother keston jones who are uh the three of the cast members uh of the documentary with us and you can go ahead and you know elaborate on it <laughs> All right, so I'm just willing to have, you know, I just want to hear their perspectives on the documentary, what role they played, and, you know, what should people look for when they do look at this documentary? You're on mute, sis. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. No problem. <laughs> um, <clears throat> wow, I think the, the documentary is, is incredibly powerful, mostly because of the way um, Edwin put it together. Um, I, I'm not sure about his creative process because when he interviewed me, I didn't know what the content was of the other interviews or what he was putting together. He just asked me a series of questions. And when I saw the end product, I was amazed. I was amazed at his ability to pull everything we said together um, and channel it in such a way. And I think it's so important because it's so informational. It is chock full of information. And I think that's where our people lack the most um, because we all are very dependent on the US education system, which is designed to not teach us the things we need to know about ourselves. I got a message the other day from a grown woman who said that her grandchild had told her about the Dred Scott case and she had never heard of it before. Mm. Like that's scary to me. That's scary. So this document, this document does this documentary does a lot for that because um, it pulls back a lot of layers and lets people know and understand exactly the inner workings of the criminal justice system and the money that is that's thrown behind it. Um, the the internal and inherent conflicts that come from corporations having contracts um, with 
prisons to keep them full. Um, all of that um, is, is just, and it's like, like Edwin said, it's, it's ripe for the conversation right now. Um, and it's incredibly form informative. So I really urge everyone to get out there and, and watch it and watch it. Brother Stewart? Yes, um, I echo Sister Shabazz. It was very educational for me because uh, working from the parole officer's position, when the uh, brothers and sisters come out of prison, I deal with them. But, uh, but I learned uh, from the historical point of view how we, how America developed this system to keep us incarcerated. And, you know, uh, a lot of our people, they under the impression that if these brothers and sisters are in jail, that means that they did something. Oh, uh, oh they, they're not jailed because uh, they would show innocent, but they don't really understand uh, how the process works and how there's plea bargaining and how brothers uh, who were just sweeped up in the groups and then they would have, have to take a, a, a plea bargain or, or cop out to a crime that they didn't even commit. So it, it's an educational uh, thing for a lot of people to understand uh, how this system works. And uh, it, I think everyone, every people should sit down with their families. And you know what? Every person that's in the black community, they have an uncle or aunt, a cousin, a nephew that's been in prison, or maybe the ones that's watching it, been in prison themselves. And uh, they need to watch it and see it and share it. Yeah. Brother Jones. Yeah. I'll mute your phone. I'll mute your phone. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a living example of that documentary. Um, I talked about, you know, growing up in the streets of Cry Heights. Um, I was arrested at 16 years old. We talked about Crow Craft. We talked about the prison injustice con um, complex. We talked about a lot of things in that documentary. And I personally experienced that, you know, 17, 18 years old in the, in the, in, in the soap factory making soap, welding chairs. I'm going through different feelings about being a young man in a system that is not fair. And then I had the opportunity to come home in 20, 2011. And of all the things that I was taught, the people that invested in me, I took it and I ran with it. And I wanted my the rest of my life, what I'm currently doing right now, to be about giving back to the community. So I see it from a number of perspectives. I had the opportunity when I came home to work for an organization called the Bronx Defenders, where it's a public defender office. So every day I went from being released not too long ago to going into court with a suit and tie every day and helping brothers who are in my situation while I was on parole. So brother Stewart, I you know, I ha I have that that vision. It's not hard for brothers, it's not easy for people like Akisha, people like Stuart, people like myself to be on this side of the of, of the fence and are actually doing things in the community or actually working in these systems, such as parole, such as the court system, or such as other systems, such as, you know, whether it be housing, whether it be ACS, whether it be the Department of Health, these various systems are 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 brutal to our people. And many of the brothers that go into these systems that look like us, we're not supported. And as a result of not being supported, many of these, these individuals, in some cases, start to give up on the community. Because they feel that the community is giving up on them. So what I am saying is, this is important for us to understand the full ramifications of this system. 
and how it affects all of us. It affects our family, it affects our children, it affects our communities, it affects our our districts, rezoning, all these things affect our community in so many different ways. And we have to start strategizing. We have to start supporting these brothers who want to become lawyers, creating funds where we can have scholarship money for them so they don't have to worry about, you know, being in the street, worried about paying for school, when we can say, you know what, we're sending you to school. We're sending you to get your law degree, and we want you to come back as a politician. We want you to come back as a lawyer. We want you to come back as a but in order for that to happen, we have to sanction these people. We have to sanction these brothers and sisters and say, you know what? When I was a kid, there was a brother. He was about 6'8". He was the best basketball player in Albany Projects, hands down. I used to watch his brother. I used to like, this is the smoothest brother. And I used to watch him play basketball. And at the same time, I used to watch him sell drugs. And I used to watch him with the gun on his waist. He used to actually take the gun off his waist and go play ball, put it down under his coat and go play ball. And I, and as a kid, I didn't see that we should have, as a community, myself, I was too young. I was like, you know, 12, 13, but I saw the older cats. And I think back and I say, I wish those older cats would have told that brother, you know what? I'm going to need you not to touch them drugs, man. I need you to be that example and grow from this community because every one of us got different roles. And it was a time in our community when we we used to empower our community with these roles. We knew who was the carpenter. We had sons, fathers teaching their sons how to be a carpenter. We had fathers teaching their sons how to be how to be um you know whatever these various fields. And we're not doing it anymore. We're not supporting our next generation. And until we get to the point to understand that all we got is us. And as far as the 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 the, the, the people that are in power, they will never give up their power unless it's taken by force. Exactly. We've been protesting, we've been doing all these things. And history tells us that only every time a new dynasty, a dynasty gets overthrown, it's done by force. And the United mm -hmm. States of America is a dynasty right now. Indeed. Power, power respects power. That's about it. <laughs> so we have to empower our community. We have to teach our young folks. It starts in our homes. It starts with our, with our parents. It starts with men and women working in concert. Because it's not just about Rich or poor, it's about within our community. We have different. We, we have a difference between how we interact with each other. Our women don't trust us in the same way that they used to. Our women, in a lot of cases, feel that they want to their, their support and their 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 allegiance and things like that is amongst themselves. I see sisters all the time. They're going through a lot, and they're like, you know what? We're about to do a group, and it's like I want to get to the point where we're doing it together because in the fifties, sixties, that's what we were doing. And this documentary, I want us to, to really realize that we're all in the same situation. We just, uh, we just, we just are, are affected by it differently. Yes, indeed. I first just chime in. I just one of the things that I just want to echo on, Keston, is two things. One, I, I, we as people need to not villainize. We can't, we can't villainize those members of our community that choose to participate in the secondary labor market. Right, because for many of us, they were they were the examples that we had. Right, we, we the drug dealers who gave who gave rent money to the to the to the elders or to the to our aunts. Um, so we can't we can't villainize them. Um, at the and at the same time, tell our kids you can't be a cop. You a sellout if you be a cop. You when I became a prosecutor. Oh, you on that side now? You a you a cop? You a, really? This is what I'm getting, 
right? So I didn't, I, and still to this day, when people learn, I used to be a prosecutor. Oh, you, you sent black people to jail, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you know what? It's a system that if we don't have representation in there, how many times I didn't send somebody to jail because I understood their situation because I, because they look like me because I came from where they came from nice. and I understood their story. I realized how they got to be in the situation they were in. You're not going to get that from a white prosecutor. That's a fact. You're not getting that. I, you, you got um, people who come in, they don't understand what they're reading from jail letters. Yeah. They got to come to the black prosecutors just so they can understand what the fuck these people are talking about. <laughs> so we got to be there. We got to be there because they will misread some shit. I've had, I've had prosecutors bring letters to me thinking that they are on to a conspiracy. And I'm like, no, he's uh, what? Talking about getting brains. Oh, you thought that meant he was going to line somebody up to shoot him in the head? No. I'm like, just trying to get his dick sucked. Like, really? Just <laughs> like that. You know? Oh, you man. You wasn't coming off the stand and hugging nobody and giving them the Bible. Like, I pray for that. I'm going to give you this 10 years, but I pray for Take that 10. Hold that. I agree with what the sister saying, man. We, we, just, we just need to... It's important for us to continue to do things like this. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm empowered, man. It's a Friday. A lot of us will be out in the streets in the club, but I'm glad that I, I have this opportunity to be here and sit build, man. And I, mm. I, I, w I wish more people were on here that can hear this, man, because we're, we're hurting right now as a community and, and, and we, we need to come together. Man, I appreciate y'all all, first and foremost. The last time we had this conversation, my brother Ali was on the way back from Florida. You know what I mean? He was on his way back to Florida. He missed it, but I'm glad that we were all able to come together and build again. Um, the last time you I met we got Akisha with us this time. Akisha as well, because she was supposed to be yeah. a part of the last conversation. She better not change Sorry, her I'm hair, Neva. Be <laughs> better not she better not change her hair, Neva, because I love her hair. She better <laughs> not change Thank her you. hair. Uh, <laughs> nah, you better wear it like that. I love That's your hair. Love. You better not Thank change you. that. <laughs> it's real, man, because um the last oh, together. <laughs> My brother, like, and he went to, you know, he grew up with me and Edwin, but he's like my brother, like, brother for another mother. He seen a picture. He was like, yo. He seen Justin. He was like, yo. I know that kid. I was like, nah, you sure you know? I'm like, nah, I think this kid, you know, college somewhere, he just came. I was, like, nah, I was with him. I was away in college with him. I'm like, nah, he's like, yeah, he was away in school with him. Yeah. I said, nah, he's lying. He wow. said, me and him, we wrote plays together. Up north, I'm like, nah, you can't be talking about saying And I had to call Edwin. Edwin was like, yeah, man. Yeah, you called me. I'm like, yeah, that's him. He's like, yo, you just up in what? I called Cassie. He's like, yeah, Shelby. He's like, yeah. Shelby, yeah, Shelby. My, my walk is amazing, man. And I, I, I'm a testament to the people investing in me and pouring into me, man. Like, I'm, I'm serious, man. And for me, I'm like college professor. I got running a nonprofit, directing various programs and helping the community, man. Like I do food, food distribution. Yes, sir. But we need more people like that in the community, man, to, to make it in short. Especially those young, young people, man. We got, we got equity in our communities, man. And, oh, and, man. and, and everything that I'm talking about, I'm really talking about ourselves right now because the government to change things for us. And, facts of the matter is they're never they're never going to just willingly relinquish power 
Yeah. That's not how that happens, man. So it takes a movement. It takes us coming together on the underground level and really grassroots building this thing up, man. That's why, Stills, I, I really appreciate you you having this podcast, you having this show, because, again, we need to do this more, man. Yeah, definitely, man. Shout out to my brother, Ali Vegas, man. You know, he pulled me into this realm. You know, I, I was normally the sports guy on Sunday. He's like, nah, listen, man, you need to start letting people know what you do, man. We need to make a platform. We need it. We need it. Very necessary. Yeah, it's necessary, man. So I Mainstream media ain't doing it. Yeah, you know not, what I mean? Not at all, man. So, again, brother Edwin, brother Ronald, Akisha, yeah. brother Keston, yep. brother Joshua, I appreciate you coming on our platform. We look to have more conversations. I, I, I appreciate you for having us again. Yeah. Again, the, 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 the name of the documentary is Modern Day Slavery from Plantations to Prisons. It's available now for streaming on Amazon Prime Video as well as our website, moderndayslaverymovie.com. Check that out. Sit down, watch it with your family, spread the word. You know what I mean? And let's educate ourselves and let's affect change, man. You know what I mean? Well, uh, thank y'all all for joining us this week. For those that were listening on um on the radio, Facebook, and Instagram, thank you very much. Every week from eight to ten, the podcast from myself stills the great, my brother Ali Vegas. Ali, man, take us out of here. You already know, man. Thank everybody for coming on. Uh, you know, I, I always seen E. I always I grew up watching E. He always kept it clean. I used to be like, yo, how you keep it clean, man? He ain't no hustler, nothing. What he doing? But it was one. He was one of those people that I would look to and be like, you know what? That's how I keep it. That's why I keep it so smooth. And you don't know what I'm doing. You understand? And you better not change your hood. You better not change your hair, sister, because I love it. But I, like I said, yo, Cash, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna ever let us down. The Hallelujah Project. That's what it's about. Oh, Ali, no. Found our people, man. Ali, no. Real quick, Miss Day, where we at? Legend of Van, many days building. They was wilding around us. We built it on 135115, bro. You know what I mean? He was always sharp. You know what I mean? He grew up my little brother, but we always always ahead of his time. And we was always building and adding on. And that's why we're here today, though, bro. You know what I mean? Peace. That's what it's all love, man. I appreciate y'all. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all Friday with your families. Peace. Tomorrow, the elder. Yes, yes, yes. And I y'all. So I'll see y'all next week. God willing. Peace. 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 All right, sister. Peace.